Thank you for tuning in. My prayer is that this message is going to be an encouragement to you personally and will cause great growth in your life. It's time to live and it's time to take this next step forward. God bless you as you listen. Why don't you go ahead and get your Bibles, Bible apps out. Uh, Grab some notes to jot down a few things because I believe that God will want to speak a few things to your heart today. Um, While you're doing that, get your Bibles open to the book of John in the New Testament. John chapter 10, verse 28, the Gospel of John 10, 28. And then hold your place there because I'm going to read this really punchy scripture here near the end of my message. It's important. But uh, today is Resurrection Sunday. I want to welcome you to church. Uh, And and today I'm going to be, um, I'm going to be posing a huge statement. And it's actually the title of my message, and it's, it's this, it says, Why the Empty Tomb Matters. On this Easter Sunday, what we like to do is we remember what our Lord Jesus Christ did and how he didn't remain in that cold, dark tomb. You see, his body didn't rot away. No, he was resurrected in fullness of life. The stone that that sealed his tomb, it was rolled away and Jesus wasn't there. And that's the miracle that we like to celebrate today. uh, But but, you know, here's a good question. What if, what if Jesus Christ hadn't risen from the dead? Let's just look at the other side of the story. I mean, where would that lead us? Uh, What what assurance would we have of really anything in life? I mean, our God would be dead, (laughs) Think about it. Our confidence and our thoughts about uh, our, our future and our hopes for existence beyond this life, it would be gone. See, the empty tomb means there was a resurrection. Because without the empty tomb, death would have beat the Son of God. Death wins, God loses. And then, of course, God doesn't have power over death. And if that's the case, nor would he have the power to intervene in your daily lives, you see? The resurrection of Jesus is, is, is actually central to our faith. Without the resurrection and without the empty tomb, truth is, this would all be a joke right here. And I don't want to play, mess around with jokes. I want to do what's real. I want to do what's serious. Paul took this issue head on, and he wrote about it in a letter to one of the churches that he had planted in Corinth. And it was interesting. Corinth was an ancient Greek port city that was steeped in, uh, in the, the religion of that time, which we, we know of as mythology. And, uh, and, and in, in mythology, you know, of course, all religions, there was no such thing as resurrection and mythology. Some people say, oh, you got the resurrection idea from mythology. I've heard that before. Well, you don't know your mythology very well. Go back to junior high. <laughs> because they didn't believe in resurrection resurrection. It didn't exist for them. And so the people of Corinth who were steeped in that, they said, well, how could this be? They couldn't understand this Jesus. So Paul wrote to them about this and he he explained to them that, you know, resurrection is real. You you need to believe in this. So here he says this in 1 Corinthians 15, 14. This is punchy. He says, if Christ had not been raised, our preaching is useless and so is your faith. More than that, we are then found to be false witnesses about God for we have testified about God that he raised Christ from the dead. But he did not raise him in, uh, it, but he did not raise him if in fact the dead are not raised for if the dead are not raised then Christ has not been raised either. And if Christ has not been raised your faith is futile and you're still in your sins. 
Then those who have also fallen asleep in Christ are lost. And if only for this life we have hope in Christ, then we, oh, we are of all people most to be pitied. For Christ has indeed been raised from the dead, the first fruits of those who have fallen asleep. So in other words, if there is no resurrection, then I'm up here just telling lies every Sunday. You know, this is all a sham. And, and reading the Bible, oh yeah, of course that would be a waste of time. Asking God to intervene in our lives and perform miracles, I mean, that would be a joke. Worst of all, we would still be living in our sins with the reality of eternal judgment ahead. Because Paul said the wages of sin is death. But, he gives the way out, the gift of God is eternal life through Jesus Christ our Lord. So because of the empty tomb, we have eternal life. And our hope extends beyond this life because Jesus truly, truly has risen from the dead. And today's the day to celebrate, right? And we're supposed to say to celebrate the resurrection of our Lord Jesus. And I'm telling you right here, I couldn't be any happier today. In fact, Easter's always had a huge place in my life. I've always loved it. Growing up in ministry, uh, where my dad was, um, was a pastor, our lives revolved around church, and I loved that. But my, most, uh, my greatest memories of church were really Easter Sundays growing up. We had a lot of traditions, and one that I would, I would get brand new clothes on Easter, uh, and, and I would go to church, and I was looking slick. I mean, I remember as a little kid, I would, my, my mom would buy these, these clothes for me, and, and I would have like knee socks, and you know, all the way up to here, and, and I'd be walking around looking cool at church, and got a little older, and I, my mom start, started buying suits for me. Every Easter, I'd get new suits, and, and uh, polyester double knit, and if you, if you remember that, oh man, I was rolling. You know, we had a lot of traditions, and it was fun. Um, and, and, you know, one of the things we did is we had an Easter egg hunt on Sunday afternoon after church services were over. My brother and I, my brothers and I and my little sister, we would all go out in the backyard, and we would hunt eggs. Now, just for those of you who might be a little younger than me, please understand, back then, we hunted eggs. I mean, they were real eggs. We hunted boiled eggs. They were not candy eggs. We didn't do that at all. Uh, we had healthy eggs back then, thank you very much. For those of you mothers who are like, well, I don't know about Easter because all the unhealthy stuff. Well, I was raised on the healthy eggs, all right? <laughs> no, but, but the way it would work is the day before Easter, mom would, uh, would, would boil up dozens of eggs and, and we would have these glass cups with water and vinegar, I guess, and, and, uh, and, and we'd always, always go to the store and get some food coloring, all right? And we didn't use the fancy pas stuff. No, no, it was food coloring. We, 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 we would drop the egg in there and let it sit in there, I think, for one minute. I would time it and then take the egg out with a spoon and put it on the wire rack that mom had and, and you let it dry there. And, and then, you know, we'd put them back in the refrigerator and they'd disappear on Easter and we'd find them back in the backyard again. But then we'd take them back and we'd, I, you know, I, as soon as I would get mine, I would eat them. I loved it because, you know, Easter eggs just tasted better than regular old boiled eggs, right? I mean, they did. It's like, yes, and this is my Easter egg. And I loved it and would eat the Easter eggs and and then uh, after, you know, we, we'd kind of have to divide them up into the refrigerator in different places because, you know, I had siblings. And what happened is my older brothers, they would finish their eggs before me and they would get into my eggs and steal my eggs and I'm wounded to this day because of it. So I'm in church today. No, <laughs> but, 
But uh, really, mom would kind of settle it because by the end of the week, any eggs that were left over in the refrigerator all became deviled eggs, and she made egg salad sandwiches, and there would always be these little specks of color, you know, because the color house seeped into the eggs. So it would kind of have these funky colors in it, and and we would have to eat it because everything was going to be recycled. But, you know, I loved it. I loved it. You know, one of the things I got one Easter, mom, mom got into this thing of making candy, and she made these huge Easter bunnies, one for, my, one for me and one for my little sister, and, uh, and I'm telling you guys, there, it was nine inches, like nine inches tall, and about an inch thick, and now it was solid milk chocolate. It took me weeks to finish mine, and mom wouldn't let me eat very much at a time, but, it, but I loved it, man. I, was, I felt bad when I got to the end, I had to eat the bunny's head, but you, know, you just got to eat it. You just got to, ah, sorry, buddy, this is it, but, uh, but the real highlight for me at Easter was waking up on Resurrection Sunday, and I'd put on my new spiffy clothes, and I'd head to church, and I'd hear the story of the empty tomb one more time from my dad. I, I never grew tired of that story. Dad would preach his heart out on Easter, and then he would remind us, he would say, Easter is not about the bunny, it's not about the candy, and it's not about the colored eggs. I definitely got that into my head. Oh. Once I remember my dad saying at Easter that, that uh, the cross is a great symbol for Christianity, but really a better symbol for our faith would be the empty tomb. And I'll never forget him describing that, but he said it would look kind of corny if we were all going uh, around with empty tombs on our, on our chains. You know, that would look kind of weird. But dad just really drove home that point that it was all about the empty tomb. It's because on this day that we're celebrating today, some 2,000 years ago, a man named Jesus, who was executed on a Roman cross, was buried in a tomb, and he physically rose from the dead three days later. And among all the religions in this world, the resurrection of Jesus is unique, and there's nothing like it. So dad was right. Easter isn't about the colored eggs and the bunnies and the candy. It's about the empty tomb. It's about Jesus Christ, the risen Savior. In fact, the empty tomb is really a foundation for every single thing that we believe. Uh, other belief systems and their so-called gods, you know, they, we, can, we can even go to the places where those, those gods are buried, uh, which calls into question, were they even divine or not? But Jesus rose from the dead to validate and to settle this once and for all that our God is the only true God. He's the creator of all things and we didn't concoct him or dream him up. He created us and he is the God who was and who is and is to come. Jesus is alive. He's not dead. He's not inanimate. He is, he's not some idea or philosophy Jesus is alive and he matters today. The resurrection of Jesus is the greatest and most important event of the history of the world. Jesus, my Jesus, my risen Savior. You know, the empty tomb, it is that foundation for every single thing we believe and everything I preach. And it matters because living without Jesus really wouldn't even be life at all. Think about it. What could you live without? Could you live without your car? What about living without air conditioning and, and not moving out of DFW, all right? <laughs> How could you live without your phone? Ooh, now I'm getting 
getting onto a little some thin ice there or live without the internet. Oh my goodness, you know. Well, truth is, of course, you know, we could all live without those things. But life without Jesus wouldn't be worth living. It wouldn't be life at all because we would just simply be a big blob of cells that expire one day and our lives wouldn't matter. So why even live at all? But the truth is, is that death will knock on everyone's door and eventually this long shadow is gonna fall on all of us. And the Christian answer to death is not to ignore it. It's not to be afraid of it. But to face it, the followers of Jesus face death because we have a personal relationship with the risen Jesus himself. I like what Jesus said. He, he put it this way. He said, I am the resurrection and the life. He who believes in me, even if he dies, and everyone who lives in me, who lives and believes in me, will never die. So let me pose you the question. Are you able to face the reality of your own death? As followers of Jesus, Easter proclaims that we have actually conquered death through him. He passed through death and came out the other side. Therefore, the only way we can be victorious over the the challenges and the stress and the problems in, in our own life is to put our faith and hope in Jesus, who's the one who defeated death. Last Monday, uh, last Monday evening was the funeral service for uh, Rebecca's uncle, her Theo, in Houston, uh, and he lived a full life, a full life. Um, even childhood friends, we found out later, didn't even know this, but he would have been childhood friends with her father, and uh, this is actually from her mother's side, so it was really interesting raised in the home of a church planter. He was really a hero for the things of God and he created a legacy that just wouldn't go away. His, his, his children, his grandchildren, his nieces and his nephews, they just kept bragging on him and bragging on him. And, and he, see, because he dedicated his life to establishing and growing the local church in Houston. And, and so, so there it was, burned downtown Houston. It's just a time of singing and joy. And, and the service, you know, is like sermon after sermon. After, it was a two-hour celebration service. <laughs> and, uh, and everybody was just so happy. Why? Because his spirit is with Jesus and his body will be resurrected on the day when Jesus returns. That's why when believers pass away, we don't grieve like the rest of people who don't have hope. We can and we do celebrate because the resurrection for us is just as real as it was for Jesus Christ. And I'm telling you guys, because he's alive, he's advocating for you right now. See, a lot of people reject Christianity because they say, well, it's too difficult to live this kind of a life. And, I, you know, I know I've got these habits and I have these problems. I have these hangups. I have these fears and addictions and lifestyles. You know, I'm kind of like everybody who is standing up here. <laughs> I don't have control over it. Hey, life for you might be going in a direction that's destructive and you know it. And you don't think there's a way out. And you're looking for some hope. Yet on the other hand, you might think, well, serving Jesus is just too difficult. You might think the Christian life has some nice attractive features, but it's actually impossible to live like Jesus. Well, I, I want to make things clear. It is impossible to try to live like Jesus on your own. It is. Um, you can't do it in your own power. We need 
supernatural power, the kind that resurrects a dead body. We need the power of God, that power that conquered death itself. And that's what changes our lives. He's a living God who cares and he loves us and he answers our prayers. He's a forgiving God. He's continually advocating for us. Scripture tells us in Hebrews 7, 25, it says he is, able to complete, he is able to save completely those who come to God through him, through him, all right? Because he always lives to intercede for them. This means that Jesus is standing between you and Father God and he's sticking up for you. See, he sees and he knows, he, he understands what you're going through. So when you call on God, when you need a miracle, when you need to get out of that mess that you're in, you need some kind of a huge breakthrough, the risen Jesus is there standing between you and Father God. And when you begin to pray and ask God for that miracle, he reminds the Father, hey, I shed my blood for that person. That person, he's worth it. She's worth it. This person has immense value. So you might be feel beat down and beat up just like Jesus was at his crucifixion. Um, they drove these cold nails into Jesus' hands and his feet. They inflicted immense pain on his body and they rolled a stone over his, his grave to seal him in. They're like, look, he's so weak, he's dead, it's over with. Ha, 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 we got him. Some of you feel like the same thing is kind of happening to you right now. It feels like life's circumstances and maybe even you feel like the devil is, 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 is driving nails into you, inflicting horrible pain in your life. Secret pain quite often that nobody else knows about. But because of the resurrection, Jesus can roll that stone away. <laughs> this is amazing because your marriage can be resurrected. Your career can be resurrected. Your finances can be resurrected. The vision for your life can be resurrected. Your identity can be resurrected. Your doubt can be demolished and your faith resurrected. That resurrection power, it is all for you. The rejection that you face doesn't have to own you anymore. You are accepted and you are loved by the resurrected Jesus Christ. And he's actively involved in your lives today. When you pray, God answers. And he will change your heart and he will touch your life and he'll even cleanse you of your sins. And all you have to do is just say, I'm ready to move forward with my life. And you can, forgiven, healed, and whole. The empty tomb matters. It matters because we get eternal life too. I mean, not only is Jesus a king who reigns forever and ever, who's alive forever and ever, but that means we get eternal life as well. See, your own grave is not your end. Now I want you to take a look at this scripture that I gave you in John chapter 10, verse 28, because this is good. This will, this will touch your life. Because uh, as, you're, as you're getting that out, you know, uh, Satan's plan, remember, is to steal, kill, and destroy your life. But once you put yourself into the nail-pierced hands of Jesus, you're not gonna lose. You're not gonna lose at all. And you might have some setbacks, you might have some pain, but no matter what battle you're facing, that does not have the final say. God does. I want you to look at this. John 10, 28. Jesus said this. I like this. I give them, that's us, eternal life. So they shall never perish. Oh, look at this. No one will snatch them out of my hand. Well, the next time you think that someone's gonna 
destroy your life. No one can destroy your life. No one can snatch you up. You can't even, you are in the hand of God. Jesus Christ, the resurrected God. Take a look at the next verse. Verse 29, he says, my father who has given them to me. So we are a gift from the father to the son. Pretty cool right there. He's greater than all. And no one can snatch them out of my father's hand. In other words, here's the beauty. God the Father has you in his hands. Jesus the Son has you in his hands. And they give the third person of the, of, of the Godhead, the, of, the, of the Trinity, the Holy Spirit, and puts the Holy Spirit in us. You are valuable. You are protected. You are in the hands of Almighty God himself. That's a reason to live. <laughs> and no one, not even Satan himself, can snatch you out of the hands of God because you're chosen and you're set apart and you have eternal life coming your way and the best really, really is yet to come. For Jesus said this and he said it well. For God so loved the world that he gave his only son that whoever believes in him, you have to believe, they'll not perish, but you will have eternal life. Do you believe? Do you believe? You're Jesus. He is your miracle worker. He is the author of your salvation. And everything that Jesus offers is yours if you'll just believe. If you'll just believe. What kind of miracles do you need here today? Miracles? How many of you are in a really tough spot right now and you need a breakthrough? You need to see God do something serious for you. God wants to work miracles for you. I'm gonna pray right now for miracles. I wanna release the power of the resurrected Christ in this room for your own personal miracles. Would you just lock yourself in with God for just a minute? Because I wanna pray for you. And, and I'll tell you what, if you need a miracle in your life, I'm gonna ask you just to lift your hands so that I can see it and keep it up because as I pray I want to be looking around at hands that are lifted up you don't have to tell me what it is nobody has to know but if you need a miracle just by faith just lift up your hand because I want to I want to look at your hand while I'm praying right now come on lift your hands up all across so you need a miracle you need a miracle God I pray right now for miracles to be released God I pray for health Lord I pray for healing I pray for breakthrough in finances God I pray for emotional healing I pray for for physical uh, restoration God God I pray for relational healing, God. God, I pray for spiritual cleansing. God, I pray for revitalization. God, I just pray for those who need a reboot. God, that you'll give that to them in Jesus' name. The past is behind and there's a new day ahead. I thank you, God, for miracles in Jesus' name. Put your hands down now. Just no, no movement at this time. I'm asking everyone just to close your eyes and focus internally because you might be here today and you've not surrendered your life to Jesus. Um, Maybe you have drifted away from God and you're far from him right now and you want to know the Jesus that I preach about. You're ready for a new start. You're ready for a new beginning. But I'm going to give you an opportunity to respond also in the same way just by lifting your hand, knowing this, that Jesus loves you more than you can imagine and Jesus died for you so that you can have life and life to the full and today, today is that day to say, yes, it's time for me to live if you want to be included in my closing prayer, surrender your life to Jesus. I'm going to ask you to also do so at the raise of your hand at the count of three so I can, again, connect my faith with yours. Will you do that? One, two, three. Lift your hand up for me. Thank you. Who else? Yeah, lift your hand. Thank you. Who else? Thank you. 
Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. Yeah, who else? Thank you. You can put your hands down. If you lifted your hand, I'm going to ask you to pray something. I'm going to ask the congregation here to pray with you to be an encouragement to you as well. So here's what I'd like to do. I'd like for you, along with the entire congregation of believers, just to stand to your feet, will you please? Just please stand. I'm going to ask you guys to pray. Everyone, pray. If you lifted your hand, I want you to mean these words. Dear Jesus, thank you for dying for my sin. I believe you're the son of God. Please forgive my sins. It's time for me to live. I give up my past and I embrace the future that you have for me. Thank you for resurrecting me. In Jesus' name, amen. Have you discovered your street of influence? Whether it be family, government, business, arts and entertainment, faith, health and vitality, or education, head over to culturalstreets.com and discover your street today.